The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey ho, hello everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a fun, fun show for you guys today, and uh, before we get started with that and telling you who's on it, let's say a little hello all the way around. So let's start off with saying hello to my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. The dog is on my mic. <laughs> I was looking at you going, what's he going to do? I'm doing my Cary Grant. Oh, and you have glasses on. Good. I'm doing my Cary Grant impersonation. Oh, I love it. Judy, 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 get over here. There you go. What's up, that everybody? My Cary Grant impersonation. And there's Ra- Astro, who just yawned. Yes. And he's people, sitting on his pedestal. He, some people said I look like Cary Grant with those black glasses on. I couldn't have been more flattered. My God, imagine looking like Cary Grant, the handsomest actor in the world. Anyway, for those of you who don't know who Cary Grant is, pity. He's like the most handsomest, coolest actor ever ever lived in the world. Pity that you don't know who he is. He was a wonderful actor, handsome, great comedian, and, um, and gay. What better than that? So we got a chat room with people in it. They're just starting to come in now. What's up, Backpack? John is in the chat room. He's, I think, in New York. Stefan Bell is in the chat room. What's up, Stefan? Uh, James is in it. Mr. James does it all is in the chat room. So hello, hello. Uh, people are starting to straggle in. You guys, we got a really fun show for you today. I think you're going to like enjoy it. Um, uh, first off, we have Susie Quattro. For anybody who uh, uh, doesn't know her, she was basically the first female rock and roll like musician uh, gets credited for being I'm mean, for like being a real rock and roll musician and, and being compared to all the men. And uh, and she's freaking amazing with a ton of hits. And then we also have actor Joe Cortese or Cortese or Cortez Cortese, <laughs> Cortese. coming on. And he's uh, from the Oscar winning film Green Book. And it should be a lot of fun. And so I think we're going to have a really good time. Cortez is with a Z. That's Spanish. Cortese is Italian. So we're gonna, He's Italian. We're going to find out with that, about that in a minute. I have no idea how to say people's names. I know. That's why I always ask them. And we got Mike Wagner Show joined us. What's up, Mike Wagner from the Mike Wagner Show, you guys? Hey, Mikey. Um, so all is good. Um, also, we got lots of stuff going on. You going to tell anybody about all the different things we have going on? We had fun on Friday night. What was that, Saturday night? Saturday night, we went to Nina. Uh, Bergman's birthday party, which was lovely. It was on a rooftop in old Hollywood under the Hollywood sign, which used to be Hollywood land. This house probably was built in the 20s, and it was not far from the house of Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart. 
or the house that, that Betty Davis once owned in back in the 30s and 40s. Uh, it was a lovely rooftop, charming people, very uh, in the business people, uh, producers, directors, writers, actors, very interesting. No one dressed. I looked dressed and Jimmy was dressed. But people don't dress today. So, you know, it, it takes away from a party. Why is everybody wearing sneakers, black jeans and a black shirt? Everybody looked like they were in a uniform or prison mates or something. Uh, Nina, of course, looked wonderful. She had on a beautiful electric blue two-piece jumpsuit, sexy as all hell, full face of makeup and her hair done. And she looked like a movie star. Uh, her co-host, who oh, I forgot his name, I'm sorry. Daniel Bernhardt was her Daniel, co-star, not co-host. Co-star. Co I know. Today I'm not myself. Co-star co Daniel Oh, look, Bernhardt. Bernhardt was really handsome and very sweet and very nice. And that's her co-star co in the movie Hell Hath No Fury that Which we showed you guys. Movie. The dream. It was I great. Really we loved it. it. Yeah, I like that movie. Now, I usually don't like blood and explosion movies, but this was a good one because it was a true story. Uh, I would suggest to everyone to watch it. You will like it a lot. So that was our Saturday evening. And then Sunday was back to the slave mines, you know, working out in the garden in 105 or 107 heat, which is starting in, in Palm Springs. Now. So hot. And we were doing, you know, pavers and cement work and getting things prepared for them to knock out the wall to put in the sliding doors in our bedroom. Yeah, it's very cool. So, you know, I'm tired. It's exhausting. Uh you know, I really don't have anything exciting to say. You know, we it's been pretty calm and quiet, which is good. Yeah, it's been fun. We asked the fires that Sue Wong said there were fires up near the uh, planetarium in Griffith Park, the Griffith Planetarium. And I hope that the planetarium wasn't damaged or injured by the fire. But Sue Wong's house is not far from there. So she was very concerned that possibly the fire would go down the hill. You know, the para... What do they call it? I, I wrote it this morning and now I forgot it. Uh, Paramedics? No, no, no. That's people that. No, that's the py pyromaniacs. <laughs> oh, pyromaniacs. Yeah, the, okay. pyro the pyromaniacs come from all over the world to California when it's our dry, windy season and they love to set California on fire. It's kind of like a game. Which, which guy could make the fire bigger? It's terrible. So California, Los Angeles is very dry and it's always fought the fires. And the smoke does more damage than the fire does because the smoke makes darkness and the darkness stops a lot of the vines on the grapes from getting their nutrition from the sun. So the grapes get like a different flavor or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Either way, it's terrible. But it's a terrible thing. Anyway, yeah. we want happy we don't want negative so That's we're gonna say hi because uh diane repetto has joined us hello diane and uh um uh diane uh we want to wish her last week was her birthday i believe and, and so we want to wish her a happy birthday, birthday. a happy to late you. birthday and uh it's your birthday for the whole year you know did you know that when it's your birthday it's your birthday for the whole year there you go until the next year then it's a new birthday um, okay, so then well, what else have we been doing? Well, we really been, we've been doing a lot of work on the house. Know, I mean, we're doing the interior, we're doing the exterior, the side. It, it's just a big job that we're doing. <laughs> big, big job. Dave Hughes says it's his birthday this year, too. 
It's my birthday this year also. It's everybody's birthday. That's helpful. That's you know, a birthday funny. is always. It's not just one day. You know, you wish a person a happy birthday every day of their life. Oh, we want to wish Marcel Waltz from Blind and Pretty happy Boy birthday. a happy birthday. Today is his birthday. He's one of the coolest filmmakers ever. And, and a very good friend of ours. And I wrote about it on my Facebook page. I compared his directing to Sidney Lomet, Lomet uh, who was a wonderful director that I met in 1959 on a film that I was in. So there we go. It's funny because we got everybody's phones. I don't know why no, phones don't normally ring. Yeah, well, my, yeah, my wristwatch <laughs> just rang. Yeah, yeah who is that? I, I got my glasses on. But yeah, I it's love hilarious. it. Now that if, you, if you're not near your phone, your wristwatch rings and you can. I'm going to turn my ringer I off. Like I Dick forgot. Tracy. You remember Dick Tracy years ago in the comic strips on Sunday? Dick Tracy would talk to Sam, his, his uh, accomplice. Oh, via the wrist phone. And I remember as a kid thinking, wow, a radio phone. <gasps> Could you imagine that? Well, did I ever think that one day I would have a wrist phone on my wrist? So, you guys, some of the cool stuff that, that we've actually been watching, though. Hacks is back on HBO Max. Love it. With uh, what's her name again? Jane, Jane Smart. Smart. Jane, Jane Smart. Smart. With Hacks is back on. And then on HBO Max, there's The Staircase with Colin Firth. That's really good. They have four episodes of that up. And uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel Season 4 is up. We finished that yesterday. Um, so there's definitely some fun stuff uh, on there for you guys to watch. And you guys should check it out. And if you guys are seeing anything cool, let us know. And a lot of new movies are coming out. Clown Motel 2 will be out in a couple of months. I suggest you get it. It's campy and scary and just, you know, downright fun and that's what we want and that's what we need today we need fun that's clown motel 2 so if you saw clown motel 1 and you liked it then you're certainly going to love clown motel 2 i play general milan in it oh and downtown abbey starts friday in theaters that's right which we love downtown which abbey. we're going to go see because i'm a fan of michelle dogherty i love her i think she's a brilliant actress and i cannot wait to see her back in downton abbey oh and joe kelly's actually in our chat room so say hi hey joe i just <laughs> gave clown a plug and then joe is working on clowny which is another movie he's got out and then joe what's the name of that movie where we're all in bed talking dirty <laughs> <laughs> i love that that one i can't wait to see because they everybody that was in that movie had to get into this bed no, they didn't have to get. They didn't all. We just got into well, a bed. Jimmy and I got into a bed, <laughs> fully clothed, of course, not making love or anything. But Jimmy and I got into bed, and our conversation was really filthy. And they get they they shot it five ways: clean, moderately clean, semi-clean, filthy. So I'm sure they're going to use filthy. Joe, give us a heads up. Which one did you choose? That's. That's funniest. Uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain 2, he wrote? No. What did he write? <laughs> he wrote Brokeback Mountain 2. No, it's compatible. <laughs> it's called Compatible, and that's going to be coming out soon. Compatible. That's a film I cannot wait to see. And everybody's got to see it because it's going to be hilarious. It's kind of like a – it's not scripted, and it's just like crazy and funny. I mean, it's really like sort of – being the fly on the wall and watching people in bed and, and in their homes, what they say and do in the privacy of their homes. Oh, and now Brandy joined us, too, in the chat room. What's up, Brandy? We love Brandy. Our dog's name is Brandy, too. Yeah, who, oh, Brandy with the I-E. Hi, Brandy, I-E. No, she's the I. No, we spend 
We spell hers well, with, a with a Y. You're an I. <laughs> yeah, she's an I. Hey, Brandy, how you it's doing? It's like a everyone? lot of fun. Um, it's like all the people, uh, all my like uh, go to events crew people are in the chat room. We love them. They're also the nicest, greatest, coolest people you guys yeah. will ever meet. That's I met everybody through Joe Kelly and and uh, and Dave Bailey, and uh, they're all great. And the only right. one we're missing, then we're missing Courtney. Oh, and Twyla. <laughs> and we, we, met, we met some nice people through, through uh, I was going to say gummy bear, through Kimmy Bear. <laughs> yes. Kimmy. Which James is in the chat room from Kimmy Bear. What's up, James? I like gummy bear. They honey. said tons of tons of love your way. That's got to be fun. Okay, cool. Right. So we have a lot of nice friends. You know, out of all the hundreds, and we have hundreds of wonderful friends that we really like and respect who respect us, you always get a douchebag somewhere along the way. Uh, you know, I've sort of gotten rid of a couple of douchebags in my life, so I have a pretty good uh, set of friends now. Nobody's been misbehaving or bad. Everybody's working in favor of each other, and that's how it should be. So I wish that for all of you. Absolutely. I think it's like Anyway, fun. my energy level is low, and I don't know why. Usually I'm very up and wacky. Something's going on somewhere in the world that I will find out about that's going to be a little upsetting i have that intuition you ever have that like gut feeling sometimes that something weird is going on somewhere and it's sort of taking over who you are at the moment or am i just a psychopathic old fucking nut no that could be the latter a psychopathic <laughs> old fucking nut no but lots of people have low energy once in a while no, but so. i never do even my brain's not like high energy thinking. It's so like it's so funny because the dog was totally asleep until I looked at him. So if you, anybody, you new people coming in who aren't usually with us, Brandy and everybody, like our dog, if you can see, is Astro. He's sitting on the chair, which you can't really see, but uh, um, he's he's our little seven pound uh, dreamboat poodle love. terrier. There he is. Now he's sticking his head up to I see love, everybody. The love of my dog life. I love it. I like love it. So so real quick, we're going to tell everybody where they can listen to the show, and then we're going to bring in our first guest, the legend, Susie Quacho. So you guys, you can listen to us weekly, obviously, on our home station, W4CY. We're on from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time or 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, uh, you can hear us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, Amazon Prime, and SoundCloud. We're on a bunch of other platforms, too, but those are the biggest ones. And um, Mike Wagner says his dog Molly says hi. And, I'm making uh, out with Astro. I think Astro's gay. Astro for president, it I think, says. I think Astro's gay. He kisses me on the lips all the time. No, because he Do you kisses... think he has homosexual tendencies? No. Astro, are you a fairy? <laughs> Tell Daddy, are you a fairy like Daddy Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, are like you a Daddy Jimmy. Fairy? A big girl bottom bitch like, sister, like Mother Jimmy? Give me a kiss, honey. All right, now we're going to bring in our first guest. Hopefully everything is smooth and we can hear her well, and we're going to be yes. ready to rock and roll. Yes. Go ahead and let her in, Roxy. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Say something. Oh, my perfect. We can hear you great. We no, are I, terrific. We see you, so we've accomplished something so far. Oh, my, my gosh. My, my dog is tongue-kissing me. I'm getting hot. <laughs> you think I'm into bestiality? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, singer, songwriter, actress, and legend in the world of rock and legend. roll, Susie Quattro. Hello and welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I've even put on my leather jacket and a little bit of makeup for you. Yeah, so. that was like nice. <laughs> um, I like love it. So uh, uh, before we get okay, started, let cool. me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about co town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell, who is covered with dog spit. But I love it because I love my little doggy. <laughs> you have a doggy? Do you have a doggy? Do you have a dog? I don't. Honestly, people, I, I do like animals, but there are certain kind of people that they live with. They just love their animals that much. And, you know, I'm not one of those. I've had animals through the years since a kid. But now because I'm and I and I would like a dog if I have anything, because I'm more a dog than a cat person. I'm on, the, I'm on the road too much. And that's just not fair to the animal. Yeah. But if you get a little thing like him, seven pounds, you take him with you. Do that, yeah. You could. I mean, do. you know what? They're a comfort. Sometimes you're in a lonely spot. I mean, I've done the road. You know, when I did drag for years, I was in. I did impersonated Jane Russell for forty something years, all straight clubs. Back in those days, we had nightclubs, and you know, you don't know where you are, what state you're in, what motel you're in. You wake up with where the fuck am I today? I mean, they drag you to the club, and then you go to work, and then you go back in the dark. I wish I had a little pooch like him to hug and kiss <laughs> instead of all the chorus boys that I had to hug. And yeah. kiss in my show. <laughs> okay. That, I think that's another story. <laughs> so we have that's a only a joke. I know, my chorus boys were all so such queens. My God, darling. They were girls. Hang on. I mean, hang on. So Susie, we have a chat room filled with people. It's starting to fill up a lot now. Just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and then we have we have one uh, friend. Her name is B. Claudia, and she's in Germany, and she likes everybody, but she loves all the musicians. So please just say hi to B. Claudia so she can hi, pass out. There you go. <laughs> okay, now let me hear your shtick. Give me it all. I want to hear all of it. You were nobody. You were just a little girl growing up, and then suddenly you did what? Oh, my God, I was nobody. Now you just took the, the, the words out of my poetry book, my second poetry book coming out at the end of May through my heart. The whole book is riddled with that kind of stuff. Um, We're going to actually uh, devote time to that, too, while we have you on as we go further. Let me just answer your question quickly. Sure. Um, family, I can give it to you in a nutshell. I was in a family of five. So when you're in a family of five, you have to find your own voice, which is not always easy because you're one of the kids. So I had the need to be not one of the kids. And basically the whole key to my character is I knew I didn't fit in anywhere. I didn't fit in. I, I didn't know where I fit in the world and my family and whatever. So because I didn't have a niche in which to fit, I had to create my own. And that's how I found my voice. And my voice was the uniqueness of it, you know, just the thing that nobody else had done. That's what I did. So that became my voice. Thank God I got heard. <laughs> and look at behind you, all the gold. So the top ones are gold. And what are the bottom ones? Well, they're all mixed up. But I've sold basically 56 million records, still counting. These are just the albums. And they go all around the dining room. And we've got the singles in the other room. And, oh, you know, excuse, I'm excuse me. Nine years. Excuse I me. love it. No, excuse me. And they go in the other room and I've got some in the basement. <laughs> and then if we go up in the attic, there's a couple of hundred more. And if we go into the guest room, there's about. Well, you asked the more. question. No, he's me. joking. No, it's OK. I don't bullshit. You ask a question. <laughs> no, she, she, knows, she knows my sense of humor. So it's now okay. for, for those of you who don't know who the fuck you are, I never heard of you. What music? Well, what, what, so, well, there are people. You know, 
there are some people that don't know who I am. Unfortunately, we'll fuck them anyway. But <laughs> what music, what's the first thing you did that people said, oh, wow? Jeez. It, it really started for me, the oh, wow, when I was a child. How old? Because we all did. Uh, my father was a musician. Okay. I've been in the business 59 years. And so we were raised as a kind of show busy family. We all took 8,000 piano lessons, drum, whatever we wanted. And every single get together, be it Easter, Christmas, birthday, whatever, we did a family show. So I was like seven or eight. And I remember standing up to do my bit. I can't remember what it was. It could have been the bongo drums. It could have been a piano. It might have even been hit the road jack or tell a joke or whatever. And I realized that when I got up to do my bit, the whole room went quiet. Oh, see that? And so in my little brain, my childish brain, I mean, ego does not come into it at all. You just go, oh, oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So that becomes filtered through that you have the ability to hold an audience mm -hmm. you develop from there. And I really did develop from there. I, I like that. That's very so interesting. At, so you see how clever I am with my questioning, Jimmy, that you interrupted me. I'm going to punch you. Uh, I want to know, but you're actually from like Detroit or someplace, right? Oh God. I'm pr very proud to be from Detroit. I'm the girl from Detroit city. Um, I came here in 1971. I was 21 born and raised in Detroit and all girl bands with my sisters. And then Mickey most came over to Detroit to record Jeff Beck and Cozy Pilot Motown. And my brother heard he was in town, got him to see the band, and he didn't want the band, he wanted me. And that was the second offer to go solo that I'd had within one week. That's, that's, that's opportunity knocking at your door that you can't ignore. You know, Motown, Motown asked you to go solo? No, Electro Records. That asked okay. me to go solo. They saw the band and they said, we want to give you a solo contract. Want to make you into the next Janis Joplin. Mickey Most saw the no, band, no. pulled me aside, said, I, I want to give you a solo contract and uh, I want to make you into the first Susie Quattro. So no, guess, I, guess played, where I went, yeah. Jim, Jimmy played your music. You're much better than Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin's brilliant, but I'm not Janis Joplin. No, That's but you're right. better. You're better. I like. I like. <laughs> no, I never. I never liked Janis Joplin. I thought she screamed and had no talent whatsoever. Yeah, but she could sing. I agree with you. She screamed. You do. You do. You. You I, are. I do. You are better than she. You have a voice. I'm a screamer. <laughs> no, but it's it's a different kind of. No, you have you have a raspy voice that can sing. Janis Joplin did not have a raspy voice that could sing. She just got loaded and screamed. Yeah, she did get loaded. Bless her. Bless her. Yes. Yeah. So you were actually you know, I labeled. I friends with Mama Cass, Elliot. She's really good. Yeah. So I knew a lot about Janis Joplin. My hippie days when I lived in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I knew a lot of shit about Janis Joplin. And she really made fun of her audiences because she would say herself, I don't know what they like. All I do is yell. And I mean, she agreed with her own whatever she was, but she yeah, was, I, you know, the rose, look at, yeah. look at what the I rose. Big, you know. I did a bit of, did a big documentary on her when I was, uh, I was at BBC radio two for 15 years. I did various kinds of shows. And one year I did like 20 documentaries and one was on her and everybody that I talked to that worked with her knew her. They all said the same kind, you know, you get, you get the feel from everybody. You put it all together. You got the picture of Janice. She was a victim of her own success. Absolutely. Yes. 
Absolutely. Whereas, whereas, just I want to flip that now because on the same series, I also did The Doors, okay? And nobody who worked with The Doors, and I talked to everybody, ever called Jim Morrison a victim. Right. There's the difference. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. but you're, you're still together. Oh, you, totally. didn't, you didn't fuck up and freak out like they did. No, I've got my feet. I've got you my know. feet on the ground. Yeah, you're very level. Yeah, so you're 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 really. This is not to flatter you because I hate doing that bullshit. But you are a performer, a true performer. You're not a fake. You're not a a nut job that needs the ego blow. No. From, oh my God, look who I am. Kiss my ass. Oh you my love, God. You love you love the work. I could tell that right now. Yeah, I've never I've never been like that. In fact. I could tell you a good reason why I'm not. First of all, I don't think that just because I happen to be successful at my chosen job makes With me better. 9,000 gold records and platinum records. <laughs> doesn't make me better than you. It just means I've been successful at what I do. doesn't make me better than you. But my father pulled me aside. You'll like this. When I was uh, 16, I'd been in the band two years, and we were on the road. We were really going for it. And he, he was a musician all his life, and we were at home, and he kind of, You know how dads do that. And they say, come here. And he said, now, Susie, I want to talk to you. He said, it seems to me that you look like you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. I said, yep, I am. He said, okay, then I got a bit of advice for you. I said, okay. He said, first of all, this is a job. This is a profession. I said, and he said, second of all, it doesn't matter if there's 10 people in the audience or 10,000. Every one of them has put their hand in their pocket, taken money out to see you, and this is what stayed with me forever. And you owe them. He's so smart. I said my exact words. I mean, I I I could have quoted him. Wow, I he, feel he the same my way. Psyche, you know. Oh, I think I, it's true. And you know, my other thing is never get bigger than who you think you are, because the minute you get bigger than who you think you are, people vomit from you. Oh, well, they do. You could throw up from that ego crap when they pull oh, that it's, shit. It's not you know, I, I make a lot of movies, believe it or not. And years ago, they would tell, like, I was on the set with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter in 1959. And they told us extras, I was a soldier, do not speak to Sophia or Tab oh, Hunter. Oh, shit. Or George, wait, or George Sanders or Barbara Nichols. Yeah. So what did I do? I said to myself, oh, fuck you. And at a break, I went and sat down next to Sophia Loren in George Sanders' chair. And I spoke Italian to her. And the first thing out of her mouth was, my God, your Italian is as bad as my English. <laughs> but but let's keep talking. And for the three-day shoot, we became friends. And at one point, they said to me, hey, soldier, leave Miss Loren alone. It's Lauren, not Loren, by the way. Leave Miss Lauren alone. And she said to him, you leave him alone. He stays here, she said. Yeah, good. Because she was that way. to do that. But a lot of stars, like like the one with the big ass, what's her name? The Puerto Rican with the big ass. Oh, yeah, Jennifer Lopez is not nice. You're not allowed to look at her. You're not allowed to look at her. We have friends who work with her. Yeah, you're not allowed to look at her. You're not allowed to speak to her. I've never been that way in my life. I could tell from that's why everybody likes you, though. I know right You know what? It's 59 years now I've been doing this. 59 years. And still, I mean, I I just did the Royal Albert Hall. Um, fan, my That's solo, wonderful. That's a my biggie. solo two-hour show. You know where I can take you right through my life and everything. And and I was and I don't suffer from stage nerves because I've been doing it too long. But I get the edge where I'm. You know, you get anxious. You get anxious. So this show though, 
because it was my first gig since September because of the lockdown. So yes. I'm at the Royal Albert Hall as my first gig, excuse me. So I said, <laughs> to my, I said to my husband, I'm a little, I have to be admit, I'm a little bit nervous tonight. And he said, oh, Susie, he said, it's just another gig. And I looked him right in the eye and I said, this is not just another gig. I felt like I had to go out and prove something. I feel that every night when I stand. No, I, I agree with your husband. You it's know, just another gig. You can yeah. never, you can never. Because let, let's say I killed them last night, okay? Biggest mistake any performer can make is to go on the next night and just before you walk out into the footlights where you become who you are, to say to yourself, oh, they're going to love me tonight. Big mistake, because you're going to lose. You got to win every single audience over. It's your job to win them over. That's what you're supposed to do. I'm an old-fashioned performer. Don't get me started. I'll talk forever. No, no, no. It. Wait a minute. I, I was the first female impersonator ever to play the Copacabana nightclub in New York. How do you like that? Fantastic. And I remember being in the dressing room preparing myself to look like Jane Russell. And all I kept thinking was, don't forget the lyrics. You know, please. I was a little nervous about because I have a difficulty with lyrics. And I went out and, of course, we opened up with... Her name is Jane. She is a star, famous yeah. for her cross, her hot bra. So that was the lyrics that we changed to Barry Manilow with backup dances. And it was a very heavy dance number that I had to dance and sing. Well, sure enough, when it came to singing the lyric right out of my head, it went. Sure. Got I mean, com completely like I wish I was home in bed under a sheet. You ever got that? <laughs> so I, bl I bluffed it by doing almost a shimmy striptease that the audience began applauding and the backup dancers said, what the fuck is he doing? You know, nobody knew because I had to get myself together. And then I remembered my, my lyrics and I went into my song. Has that ever happened to you? The golden rule of doing a fuck up on stage is recover. Recover. Golden yeah. rule. And it happened to me at the Royal Albert Hall. You just reminded me. <laughs> it just goes. It goes away. I stood up there. And the second act in this big jam, and I'm in my jumpsuit, and everybody's going nuts. We stopped the first song of the second act, act two, and I did it out confident and wrong. And I went, now we're going to jump from 2022 to 1981. Rock hard. And I turned my back on the audience, ready to smack my ass. I looked at the drummer. He didn't start the song. I looked up at my two girl singers, and they went, nope. so what did I do? <laughs> I went to the microphone, and I said, damn it. The band fucked up the order. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the audience loves you for that. Yeah. That's that's being a buddy and honest. And yeah. my audience knew that I, I improvised that strip sure. tease because it, the music and I were not working in sync. I mean, it was a whole Ron Russell alone show. But Pete, the audience, if you're honest with them. Oh, God, yes. They will forgive Always. you anything, but don't oh. try to con them or fool them. They will hate you. No, you got to be you. That's exactly what you got to be. I can tell you one story that you guys will love and you can dine out on this because it's one of my favorites. Oh, I, I do a thing at the end where I, I do it. I've done it for years and I get all the lights up and I want to. So I'm waving to everybody and, you know, the spotlights are out. It's just pandemonium everybody's up off the seat crazy 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 and i make sure i can see and hear everybody and i really do reach out it doesn't matter if it's twenty thousand people i reach out and see you so i'm in the microphone and i went you know what and everybody's going nuts i said there's always one asshole <laughs> always. give me that spotlight give me that spot right down yeah. here right come here come here and he pointed it on the guy and the guy was in a wheelchair <laughs> oh, oh Jesus, shit. you can't do that <laughs> I 
have one more he little. Looked at me. No, he I... looked at me. He knew I had no idea. He looked at me and he went like this. And I went, I said, you stay right there. Don't you worry about it. Oh my God. I have another little story that I love and adore. I was playing Ford's nightclub in New York City, which was a very, very chic, upscaled nightclub. I had gained some weight. And when I got into a very skin tight green brocade gown, the zipper went in the back. Now it burst open and they're saying, and here she is famous for her tits or whatever, Miss Jane Russell. And I thought, oh, my God. So I went out there with the broken zipper in the back with my bra showing and everything. And I said to the audience, I said, forgive me for not turning around because my zipper broke. I said, but then again, none of you know me from the front. And I turned around and sucked my ass out. I said, but many of you know me from my back. <laughs> and they went hysterical. They loved it. Yeah. You got to make it work for you. They, said, they, they wanted me to leave it in the act and do it over and over sure. again. I said, well, no, then it wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be real. Recover, recover, recover. Recover. That's what about. Yeah. Big Claudia in Germany is saying how like germ the germ in Germany, you're like, so everybody like, I know everybody loves you everywhere, but she, I'm, I'm bringing it up because she's such a big fan of all the musicians. And I'll see there. They just threw it and up you there. You know what the sad part is? Last week we got blocked because we played the music from our guests. Could you believe that shit? They, they wouldn't allow us to play our guests music. With her permission. So I'm telling everybody that you so they gotta cannot, go to we cannot play. they gotta go to YouTube and watch your videos, which we should tell everybody. Well, wait, so I want to continue. We cannot play your music and forgive us. I'm so sorry, but it's not us. It's the communists that are running the censorship. <laughs> well, they can, you know, everything's out there. I'm on my my 18th album now. The last two charted around the world. The Devil and Me got the best critics of my career. There's lots of videos up there. There's a big rock box has just been released. Big, huge one. Um, yeah, but it would be nice to hear you now. I would have enjoyed it now. Just, you know what I mean? Now you, it's, well, if you can't do it, it, you can't do it. That's it, right. It's apropos now. So this you guys. The, this is the moment. Okay, so we we go forward with that. I hate this shit. So you guys, some of the songs that you guys know her from, and actually, like, because everybody, when I posted you were coming on the show, I got like several thousand likes, and, and everybody was mentioning Stumbling In, and, I get, and I've She's also big, seen that stum big. Stumbling In was just in Licorice Pizza. And didn't that movie get nominated for like an Academy Award or something? It did. It did. Was it that? That's one of the favorites around the world. Um, it's just a good song. Good it was song. in Mask. You were in the shit. It was in Mask movie. It was in Van Wilder. Yeah. I was like writing down all these like different things. Um, so you guys, there's Can the Can, Devil Gate Drive, 48 Crash, Daytona Demon, The Wild One, Your Mama Won't Like Me. Um, there's like a lot me. more. Um, and The Wild One has been in the Runaways movie, which I'm friends with Lita Ford. Um and uh, and I like love Lita Ford, and we met Sherry Curry not too like right before the the pandemic here. She was at an event that we were at, and so they've we all met. been on my documentary, Susie Q. They were all kind enough to contribute to that, you know. And that that was at the top of the that came out the end of two nineteen. That was at the top of the Amazon charts for ages, and everybody's in there. Everybody is in there. It's unbelievable. Every every woman you could think of is in there telling me I was crying. So I have to interrupt you there because you said Sherry Curry. I went to the um, premiere here in London, La Regent's Theater. First time I was going to see a Q&A afterwards. You know, you hide and you go up on the stage. And uh, I wanted to see it with an audience, my documentary, because I think that that's the only way you really see something is with an audience. You feel it, you know. And um, I snuck in. I wasn't supposed to be there to the end, but I snuck in and I stood on the side. And couple people saw me and I went, shh, 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 don't give it away. <laughs> and watching, 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 
amazed by the whole thing. There's so many cringe moments and it's a very honest documentary like I am. I didn't take anything out. And then all these women, I mean, Lita, Joan, Cherie, uh, Tina Weymouth, uh, oh God, Debbie, Debbie Harry, um, Chrissy Hyde. I can't even think of all of them. And I'm watching them come up, standing there watching my, my movie, being very emotional. And every single one of them basically said that they wouldn't have done what they did had they not seen me do it first. Most of them said I wouldn't have dared pick up an instrument, you know, so I'm a bass player. Um, then I got home. I was crying, by the way. I was crying. Had to go repair my makeup and then go on the stage for the Q&A because it really affected me. Then I got home and I called Cherie the next day because we're good friends now. And I said, and I told her what happened. And I said, I just realized something. And she said, what? And I said, by me doing what I did, I gave permission for women all over the world to be different. And then there was a pause of five seconds. And then Cherie went, and you just got that? <laughs> uh, now, wait a minute. What made you think you could get a, pull that away, pull that off without getting <laughs> chairs thrown at you? <clears throat> I just, I didn't know. I didn't have an agenda when I started. This is what everybody, we talk about this a lot. I didn't know that what I was doing was groundbreaking. I didn't know it was going to change the world. And I didn't go into it for that reason. All I was doing, like I said earlier, was remaining true to this person who I was and not fitting into a niche and making my own niche. I didn't know what it was going to do. And it wasn't until I saw that documentary that I realized when so many women thank me, I mean, you can't, you can't ignore that, can you? Not just women, like the biggest women in rock. <laughs> I know. I know. And I was, I was in tears. I was in serious tears because that's the first time it dawned on me. But it's kind of refreshing in a way that I didn't do it with an agenda and I wasn't manufactured. I love it. So, so in other words, it wasn't preconceived. No. Just so, when I, you just went out there, you were you, who you are, you sang, and people said, hey, let's let ladies do this, not just men, to make it well, simplified. I never called myself a female musician, ever. Didn't occur you just, to me. You just called yourself a musician. A musician. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yes. You know, yeah, I agree with that. So I have a little card. Um, because I am one of the boys. I am a tomboy. i always been. And, you know, I can... I can hold my own. Let's put it that way. But I have a little card in my back pocket. You know, like when a referee at a football game pulls out the the, the yes. Red sure. Yes. I have one of those. And when I'm with the guys, which I'm most of the time with, and there's usually no girls around, and somebody gets out of order, out comes the red card. And then I use it. <laughs> now, here's a question that they always ask, and I hate this question. Do you ever intend to retire or are you going to drop dead at 100 on the stage? I'm now 71. I'll be 72. No way. You're 71? I'm not doing bad. 72 and Oh, June. you know what? You and I should do a commercial. I'll be 82 next week. Wow. Look at okay. how good we look. Yeah, we do. You know we what it look is? 71. I tell you the secret. I have a secret. What? I don't give a shit. Me neither. <laughs> so does he. I don't give a shit either. You were I waiting for something really groundbreaking. <laughs> I never worry about growing old because I never thought of it. <laughs> no, he's exactly the same way. Yeah. So you and I could be brother and sister. I mean, I'm freaking out because I've never had a guest on here that I've agreed with 110%. Good. Good. I mean, well, you, are, you are, you're like me. You don't blow smoke up anybody's ass. You're a true blue friend. 
and you tell it like it is. I, I love you. I love you. Thank you. If you don't want to know the answer to your question, don't ask it. Exactly. That's the way he is too. I really respect. Except for the you. sometimes he'll give you the like answer whether you ask for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Some no. Sometimes I see a handsome friend of mine with a beard, and I say, "Why do you have that beard? You're hiding your handsomeness. Shave." And they either okay. like it or don't. But uh, that's my opinion. I do I mean, things like that. I do things like that all the time. I mean, if you have a girlfriend that's got orange hair, you should tell her like bleach it high and make it blonde or go brown. <laughs> You don't want your friend walking around with orange hair, right? <laughs> so Think I want to talk. It. So when I was a kid, because I didn't, re I listened to pop music when I was like young. I'm a little bit younger than you guys, not that much, but I listened I can't to like get over. She's seventy. I listened to come, a lot of. Come close. I, 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 no, I want to see her face. No, she doesn't look. have any wrinkles. No, you, oh my god, you look about forty-five or fifty. I'll 71, you old bitch. You I'll really accept. look wonderful. So like, hang on. I want to talk. Beautiful. So, look at you. <laughs> so my my really first my first exposure to find out who you were, because I was a I'm, I'm a child of the happy of happy days, was the whole leather Tuscadero thing. You know, that you were leather Tuscadero on all the episodes of Happy Days, and you were like the coolest guest person who ever went on Happy Days ever in the history of the show. Um, what was that like for you? Because you are an actress, you've been in a bunch of things. Like, how how was that for you? And like, and that really probably helped you break in more into America because everybody well, knew who sure. you were once that was on. Everybody knew who you were. I I had the second most fan mail after Henry, which just completely freaked me out. Um, the offer came to me. I was in Japan. I toured there a lot. I was in Japan on tour, and they called me, my publicist, and he said the show wants you to audition for this part. And believe me, you should do it. I'd never acted before, but I knew I could. Uh, so I flew out and they had this script. Apparently they had it for about six months. They couldn't find that they needed a particular type. Gary Marshall told me it's all in the documentary and they needed, uh, somebody who was tough, but vulnerable, cute, could act and possibly could sing. And the story is the, and this is the true story. The casting director went into her daughter's bedroom and her daughter had, covers of Rolling Stone collage on her door. Okay. So she walked in and there's my cover from 1975. And she said, who's that? That's who we want. And her daughter said, <laughs> so they came and got me. But when I showed up for the audition, um, Gary Marshall, bless rest his soul. He came yeah. straight up to me. And he said, Oh, how clever of you to dress in the part. Right. <laughs> what the hell are you How clever you know what? based on mine, you know? So when I used to see you on yeah. that when I used to see you on that show, you were every chick in Brooklyn that I knew. I mean, you were so Brooklyn, it was amazing with your with the <laughs> way you Detroit, No, you sounded like a Brooklyn Italian chick. I mean, you really were good. And yeah. I enjoyed you. You were a character that when you came in the show, you made us Look, you know what I mean? Sometimes you fall asleep. But when you came on, it was good. I'm not saying that to be kind. You were good. Well, you know what? I'm I'm still very good friends with Ronnie and um, Henry. And right. one time I was talking not that long ago to Ron, and we got into this conversation. I just got my curiosity, got the better of me. And I said, Ron, I want to know two things from you. First of all, did it feel like I'd never acted before? He said, No total natural i said right. did it feel like i was new to the show and he said no it was like you were always there right and he said to me one time we were talking and he said um don't ever take acting lessons and i 
Didn't know whether uh, to be what do I always say, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, he said, don't. He said, whatever you do, Susie, it's natural. And acting lessons exactly. are the best. So don't ever do. I took that as such a compliment from him, you know. My daughter Deirdre is an actress and she wanted to take lessons. I said, Deirdre, don't you dare. Either you have it or you don't. Yeah. You cannot create it and manufacture it because it looks fake on screen. So if you can't act, don't. Don't just go be a, a you know a housewife or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you can hone your craft, sure. And and a lot of people do benefit greatly. I mean, look at Marlon Brando. He's a method actor. I've, I've been told. No, Marlon, I knew. Marlon was nuts before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, Marlon never. Marlon never acted. Marlon just was Marlon. So what happens is he he sat in the actor's studio. Yeah, yeah. But no, they, no, they, no, they no, didn't no. teach him. No, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I I have read many many things about a lot of actors, and the hardest thing to do when you act is to be yourself. Uh depends. You can bring yourself to a character. That's what you should do. Whenever I've done yeah, any but, roles, I immerse myself into them. I become, I don't act the character. I become the character. That's, that's what I do. But Cary Grant didn't do that. John Wayne didn't do that. No, they Betty, played Be Betty Davis did it. But, she did. You know, uh, I, I, I've worked with a lot of people in my day. And I've seen some people who are so theatrical. It doesn't work. Now, Marlon Brando... Is was my my niece was married to his son Christian, that's why I know a lot about Marlon. And if you met him while he was laying in bed eating ten heroes watching TV, he was the same as he was in Streetcar Named Desire. Sure, he never never acted differently. Sure, I totally agree. So hang on, I want to do some bragging. So some of the some of the. The, the popular things, and I picked these things out on purpose because one way or another I like love them. But some of the music, your music has been, besides Licorice Pizza, which I didn't see, but I do know it was an Academy Award movie. Um, you have music in Cruella, which was a great movie. Uh, yes, we loved it. I loved uh, it. Three from Hell, The Runaways, Van Wilder, which I'm an extra in that. Times um, Square, Rock Hard was in Times Square. Yes, Mask, which was uh, I thought Mask I love that movie back in the day. Good, good. Um, and then I heard as an actress that you were uh, I read it. I don't know if it was on IMDb or in your bio that uh, uh, that you were in Nightbreed, but they cut you out of it. But I'm actually friends with Clive Barker and I love everything Clive Barker and Nightbreed is a phenomenal. Well, I like, didn't movie. know with that. They asked me to be in it. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think there was a if I by memory, there was a nude scene. And I said, I made my name by staying dressed. And I'm not going to start taking my clothes off now. Oh, well, you should yeah, know, you which I to. agree with that 100%. I agree, I agree with that also. I think 100%. So, so my, uh, you know, Shirley MacLaine had a drink thrown in her face in that film about the ballet people. And Shirley MacLaine was furious because it wasn't in the script. And the director said, yes, but I wanted Anne Bancroft to throw the drink in your face to get a natural reaction. And mm -hmm. Shirley looked at him and she said, listen, you motherfucker. She said, I'm an actress. I can act. You don't have to do that. And she walked off the set. That's I, a I, true story. And those okay, are exactly I, her words. Okay. <clears throat> I would have said that that was a little bit not, not compassionate from the director. She's a fine actress. Of course. And, 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 shot and look? You know, it, it was a cheap shot. You don't need to do that. If he no. said, you're going to get a drink, she would have acted that fine. Absolutely. You don't need she, to do that. She would have acted shocked. She had no idea. It was not in the script. And when Bancroft threw the drink in her face, Shirley backed up and like, what, 
what the hell was that all about? Sure. sure. I don't think that was the emotion she wanted on film. No, so, and that was not, not what the director was going for right. either. It, it, you, it's a cheap shot. You know, if you're doing a job, have all the tools with you to do the job. You have Absolutely. You hire an actress to get what the actress portrays. And the actress, I think she would have done a different shock re, uh, reaction. Absolutely. Let me so, tell you about, so I did, um, uh, what was it called? Dempsey and Makepeace, big, big show over here. And I played a over the edge in love, thinking that this policeman is in love with me. He hasn't got the time of day for me, but I'm deranged. So it was a, a woman on the edge and there wasn't a lot of dialogue. So I figured, how can I play this? And I went in my bedroom and I stared in the mirror until that little light that you can see in my eyes disappeared. And I played that and it scares the shit out of you when you see it. I'll show it to you. Give me one second. You ready? You yeah. see this little light that's me now? See my little light in my eyes? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Oh, shit. Yep. It really changed a lot. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I don't like it. Oh there you go. And that, that worked because it just, it, it just dead. No, Damn. that was amazing. Was you, lower, you, you lower your eyelids and you let your pupils be prominent. Well, what you do is I, I've learned how to do it. I made the light go dead. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it took ages. I kept uh, okay. looking, looking. I went, oh, my God, there it is. And I ran out of the room, scared myself. You know. And so I went, eyes, eyes are, when you act, eyes are probably the most important thing you're doing. I, I play mafia all the time. Specifies. You know, I always play gangsters and mafia guys, tough Italians, always. And I'm, well, I'm famous for my angry eyes. If I want, I can kill you with my eyes. It, oh, I'm it, going to have a look. It I'm saves a, a Susie look. It saves a lot of dialogue. <laughs> it does. It does. You know, just one yeah, look. Yeah, you do those eyes. That'll... Yeah, that saves dialogue. I mean, you you you, you told a whole paragraph. Yeah, I like love it. So, so eyes it, are important. No so question. if you were. Uh, like, because you've played with pretty much like everybody. Is there anybody on a bucket list that you never, even whether they're alive or dead, that you didn't get to play with that you'd be like, oh, my God, I would have really liked to play with this person? Well, I mean, my main, the reason why I do what I do is uh, Elvis Presley. Um, oh, wow. I saw, him, I saw him on the Ed Sullivan show, which we all watched uh, every Sunday. The family sat down, you know, family sat down at eight o'clock. Ed Sullivan. I was five and a half. Oh, wow. And all the family was there. My eldest sister, nine years older, were watching Ed Sullivan. Then he does what he used to do. And now something for the youngsters. You know how I used to do that. And on comes Elvis Presley doing Don't Be Cruel. And my eldest sister starts to scream. And I'm looking at her because I'm only five and a half. And I'm thinking, what the hell is the matter with you? And then I looked at the TV screen and I went like a magnet pulling into it pulling into it and a little lightning bolt went in my head and I had the thought I'm going to do what he's doing. that. And you and did, which is the coolest thing ever. Five and a half. Anyway, Elvis's one, obviously um, Otis Redding, Billy holiday, big fan. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. And I'm, I'm a maniac over. I just adore him. I could work with him. Uh, I've got an album coming out next year with uh, myself 
and KT Tunstall. We wrote an album. Oh, together. wow. So uh, somewhere we found a space between the two of us. We met in the middle. Excellent album. Um, who else? I used to love Tom Petty. He's not with us anymore. Right. I've kind of worked with every, most of them, you know, most of your heroes are from your childhood. And so they usually pass away by the time you make it yourself. Right. Yes. I like love it. So you guys, if you want to follow Susie too, you can follow her on Instagram. She's Susie Quattro Real. Um, just make sure you spell her name right. It's S-U-Z-I-Q-U-A-T-R-O-R-E-A-L. So now you're an author. You have, I don't know if it's five or six books out, right? Or five five books out and one about to come out. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Can you believe it? I've got my autobiography unzipped. I've got three coffee table illustrated books, um, two of them released during lockdown. One is my poetry book called Through My Eyes. The next one was called Through My Words, which is my lyric book. The next one is called Through My Thoughts, which was inspired by the two years in lockdown. And now at the end of May, which I've really been writing for, it's Through My Heart, which is volume two of my poetry. And I'm so proud because I'm always naked when I write anyway, but this is really naked. And I hope people will get something out of it. That's my intention, that people get something out of it. So I also wrote down The Hurricane and Unzipped. What are those two? Unzipped is the yeah. biography? Unzipped is my novel. Okay. About and you. I just, and, and I love saying this. I love saying this. This is called Pretentious. I have to do it properly. I'm just working on my second novel. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's hilarious. And what's The Hurricane? The Hurricane is about a lady called Allison Hart. And it starts off, you you would be forgiven as I begin the story, that it's about me. But my friend, Jackie Collins, rest her soul, she loves my writing. She said to me, you should write, because she read Unzipped and gave me a quote, my autobiography. And I said, oh, I'd love to write a novel. I'm really, she said, well, do it. Do it, Susie, because you have the talent. She said, but I'll give you one clue for your first novel. Stick to what you know. And that was good advice. So at the beginning of this book called The Hurricane, I stuck to showbiz, but it goes, then it goes. I just kind of use bits of myself to get me into the story. But it would make a really good film, this book, The Hurricane. Alison Hart, she's a great character. Mm. Oh, that's I, what I, I do. I, really I like, movies. I really <laughs> like uh, Jackie. She could speak, and I would just say, Lee Winkler, was a, a dear, dear friend of hers was Lee Winkler. Uh, he was her business manager. And we all had dinner one time in L.A., and Jackie began speaking, and I just sat there listening, and I thought, oh, my God. Listen to this woman speak forever. The, her voice tone, her beautiful face, and her English accent was incredible. I was so impressed with Jackie. She was very, a lovely, lovely big, lady. Big, big lady, very tall and broad and big. No, I know we were with her a lot. Um, I'm very oh, we were, oh. we Mickey, Mickey most was very good friends with his wife was very good friends with her. And we, we met up all the time. She was even on my TV show. She yeah. wasn't doing anything like that. And she did it for me and I made her sing and she couldn't sing. <laughs> with that beautiful voice. She couldn't sing. Isn't that she couldn't funny? sing. Her I, sister said, I know it's only when she went, I only rock and roll, but I like it. Only you could make me do this Susie. She she <laughs> her sister, Joan Collins could sing. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah. But, so but Jackie was really a, a very, very chic woman, elegant. I mean, the way yeah. she, I remember she, she, she walked over to the table and the first thing out of her mouth was, hello, Lee. And the way she said that, I thought, oh my God. Very, you know how you're impressed with certain people when you meet them for the first second? 
Well, well you better, you she, better she, make she grabbed you. The first second you met Jackie Collins, she grabbed you from that. Good lady. First second. Yes. Yep. So wait, I want to go back. A, you had a good, good person to give you good advice. So you I guys, did. so uh, where do people, so the next book, it comes out on May 30th, you guys, which is only like a week and a half away, two days after Ron's birthday. Uh, it's called Through My Heart. It's a poetry book. And where do people get it? Are they, oh, uh, B. Claudia oh, says all of them are on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I set it aside a little bit different because I want people to know what my mindset was when I was writing each poem. So I did the same in the first book. On the left side of the page, you got kind of like what I was going through. It doesn't give it all away, but it gives you where I was emotionally and why it was written. And every other page has a picture. So it's quite a personal. And that book, that, that story about Sharia is on the back cover. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Okay. I love that. I think that's terrific. So what made you decide to be, become a writer in the to write poetry? Because poetry is not always, an easy thing to do. I've always written poetry. Um, I have been an artiste since a little girl. Right. You know, even when we did the family shows, I could do I could do a joke, I could do a dance, I could act out a part, I could do a speech from Shakespeare. Every everything is open to me as an artiste. And I started doing poems. My mother brought some over that I'd left at the house seven and eight years old. One oh, wow. she brought over from the age of 10. Unbelievable. It's in my first book and her last trip here before she passed away. Um she brought it over and gave it to me, and it was called The Depression of a Rock Star. Oh, wow. At age 10? Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> What's the matter with you, Susie? But you see, I've always been just something off the left side there, you know? Whatever. I can't well, explain. You know what? When you have talent, it comes out of all of your pores, you know? Uh, talent just doesn't, come out of your, doesn't come out of your mouth. It comes out of every pore. And I believe the that. Panels are open all the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. I could not stop writing this poetry book. I, I'm i Like I said, I'm working on the novel. The novel's two quarters way through. Um, but every time in the past two years, I think I go to sleep. And then I wake up, get my laptop, and a poem would come flying out. And I couldn't stop it until it was on the, on the typewriter. Couldn't stop. So it had me like that, you know, had a lot to say. And now I've said it, but I'm still not done. <laughs> Actually, B. Claudia from Germany say we need to mention the, the book covers because they're so adorable. And I think your last one, your last one is George. I mean, what's his, Romero Brito did it, right? Oh, hang on. I'm going to show you both covers. They're just here. Okay. Just a okay. okay. Talk amongst yourselves. That's okay. So Romero <laughs> Brito, you guys, I, I, is, has a big gallery in South Beach. We used to go there all the time. It was on Lincoln Road. Um, and he's uh, a pop art, kind of like a Keith Haring type artist uh, or whatever with the way that he makes his art. I don't know if that's a good comparison because I'm well, not an art person, things. but his stuff are great. And his gallery is beautiful. It's yeah, in South Beach. Very expensive also. Yes. But beautiful, you know, like uh, statues of people, but just done in such a way that. With all these cool colors and gorgeous. dots and yellows and reds and, and, and he hearts. Had, yeah, and, he would have like st a stalk with the bird on its head and a pig next to it. I mean, just beautiful things. I know. I often wanted, I wanted one of his pieces and I never got one. I know, me too, so. I'm back, right, I'm gonna show you an order. Okay, good. Uh, Romero is a good friend of mine, Romero Brito. He did a portrait of me years and years ago and brought it to Germany and gave it to me on stage at the Valbuna in front of 22,000 people. Awesome. So here's the first one, that's the portrait. That's Yay! Oh, see, that's his too, because I can tell by the background of the art. Okay. Oh, that's that's fabulous. Okay. And I think Jackie's on here. We were just yeah, Jackie's on here. 
Hang on. Let's see what she said. Isn't that funny? We were talking about it. Okay. Right. Uh, Jackie says, excellent. I never guessed Susie had all that verse inside her. We only ever swapped na naughty limericks. Obviously, <laughs> always knew she was a poet, and now I know it too. All oh, bless her. That's okay. beautiful. And then Listen, this was the your second last, one. Your last name is Quattro. That's, the one. That's a lyric book. Yes, beautiful. Ron okay. asked. You, Ron wants to know something about your last no, name. No, your last name is Quattro, which means four in Italian. Are you Italian? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> so Quattro My means thoughts. four. Oh, that I love. That's a beautiful cover. Yeah, with the chains. That was the lockdown. Look at the chains on the base. Yeah, that's very cool. Very and here is the one coming out. And this is a sculpture keeping up the theme of Brito, my poetry books. I have this sculpture in my front room. And I said, can I use it on the cover? And you need to send me a proper picture of it. And he said, yes. So that's through my heart. Ah, beautiful. Very, very beautiful. And that's on the back. Beautiful. 71. I don't get over. I can't get over you. <laughs> I mean, really on that. Please. I mean, I, I thought I looked good, but you look good. Do you want to hear the real answer about when I'm going to retire? Because you guys love yes. this. I was 35 when some idiot journalist asked me that. 35. And I hate that question. It's a stupid question. I do. And I turned to him and I said, I will retire when I turn my back on the audience and I shake my ass and there's silence. <laughs> no, I said. Hasn't I will... happened yet. That's not going to happen either. No, I said, I will never retire and I never will. I've been in the business 64 years. I will die in front of a camera or on a stage. And that's how I will end. That also my keeps career. him young. It keeps him young working. I have all no the time. intention of retiring. You know what? I get more work now as an old bag than when I was young. When they want an old man that looks good that can still speak, they say get Russell. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I'm working a lot. And as you are, you have no intention of retiring. Why would I'm you? I'm not anywhere. I'm not anywhere near it yet. Why I would was, you? I'm just I not... have this ongoing conversation with my husband. And uh, he's finally getting it now. Bless him. I've been with him for 30 years. He was a promoter, very successful promoter. And now he's um, just books me. And he's always, for the, actually, since I've known him, oh, when are you going to stop? When are you going to stop? I finally, I finally got him to listen. I said, Reiner, I stopped when I want to stop. Not when you want me to stop. That's not the right way around. This is my life, my career, my decision. Absolutely. Oh, don't fuck with me. No, I will stop when my heart stops working. Or when it's no fun. No, I will work till I'm, if I'm now swearing now, you see, that's bad. My mother no, is yelling. <laughs> my mother's yelling. If, if, I, if I fall apart and I wind up in a wheelchair, I can always act a person in a wheelchair. There's always a part for me. Yeah, but you know what? There, you, Every artist should know. Let's be real about this. Every artist should know when and if they should stop. You should have the feeling for it. And my, I guess my real litmus test would be if I ever went out there, which has never happened, if I ever went out there and had to plaster a phony smile on my face, then I would know I've lost the feeling and then I'm cheating my audience and then I would say bye-bye. There you go. Mm, yeah, but what do you do when you retire? Sit home and play with yourself? I mean, what do you do? Bake cookies? I mean, what, talk to the neighbors about their lawn? I'd kill myself. <laughs> well, I, had two, I had two years of not working because of the pandemic. And what I did was I turned all my creativity onto all the other things. You know, I even did 62 master bass class lines on, on the Internet. You know, that was fantastic. Do you I know wrote, Leland Sklar? Do you know Leland Sklar? 
Uh, Leland Sklar, he's like a big bassist. Uh, he's played with, that, played with everybody um, in the world. He's played with like everybody. Uh, he was with um, Jack and Diane. Who's the guy who does Jack and Diane? I think he played with him for like 18 years. He's played. Uh, he's played John Cougar, I think he was with for 18 he's played years. From Diane is one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, it's a great song. Um, oh, he played Le with Phil Leland Collins. Leland has played for Johnny Mantis all the way up to the head of the rock people. Okay, I, just thought, I just thought maybe you would know him because he's kind of a well-known. And you said because he does, he goes on YouTube and puts a, plays the bass to a different song like every day, and he gets hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. You know, playing. Well, the I bass. just did, what I did was a master class in all my different bass lines people can suggest. But um, I'm somebody has just approached me to do a master bass class, which I just might do. Oh, you should. You do should that. do so it. So now, how come? How did you decide to move? We have like uh, four minutes left. How did you decide to move to uh, to to England? To the UK, you're in Mickey, England. Mickey though? offered yeah. me the, oh, Mickey offered me the solo contract, and uh -huh. um, I like the sound of him. I like the feel of him, so I came over here. That was '71, '72 didn't get successful yet. We were in the studio with really good musicians, Peter Frampton. I mean, big big Jim Sullivan. Nothing was happening. Um, I then went a little bit nuts, so and said I needed a band because I'd been in a band since I'd been 14, and so I formed a band. We went on the road. We started to do all my own songs. He put us on a tour and everything happened. So I was based here. My He was supporting me. Uh, I fell in love with my guitarist. We were married. We were together for 20 years, two kids. And um, I put down roots. My kids were born here and raised here and they're English. And I didn't mean to put down roots here. And I've been back to America every couple of years, you know, but um, happened. But I, I still don't sound English. You know, I nobody ever mistakes me for being English. And I maintain my... Detroitness. Yes. You know, I, I maintain my Brooklyn. And when the people think I, I speak proper English, I run back to Brooklyn. Otherwise, I'll never work. Where are you in England? <laughs> I'm in Essex in the countryside. I live in a 15th century. I love Essex. Elizabethan manor house that was finished being built in 1590. Mag oh, wow. That's awesome. Absolutely magnificent. I, I have a dear friend of mine in. Um, where the hell is James? I don't know. I, 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 oh shit! I forgot. Anyway, I love that the countryside of England beats beats it all. I don't care for London, but when I get to the I countryside, love I love London. But my my yeah. job, my job is all cities and people and traveling and this. So when I'm not on the road, then I then I'm here in this beautiful. It's my sanctuary. Yeah. Anyway, um, you said we only had a couple minutes. So do you have anything you want to wind up with? Do you have anything you want to? Wind I just up remembered with? my friends. Lancashire he lives in and it's beautiful. I love English <laughs> countries. English countryside is absolutely breathtaking. Let's it's let's beautiful. go over everything one more time for everybody. So first of all, you guys, Through My Heart, the poetry book by Susie Quattro comes out on May 30th. Uh, you can get it. B. Claudia said she's already like pre-ordered it. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at Susie Quattro Real. Do you have a, like a website people can go to to yeah, see w everything? www.susiequattro.com. I'm everywhere. I've got Facebook's private and, and uh, official Facebook site. And I've got a joke of the week on my Instagram. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to show you why I do my jokes just before we go. I mean, I am wonderful joke teller. They're so bad that they're brilliant. <laughs> I love those jokes. Are right, you ready? I never used to let my children watch an orchestra. Why? Because there was too much sax and violence. 
<laughs> oh, you are right. That is corny. But, funny. but yeah, it was good, but, though. But it's, it's a kid joke. It's, a it's an art joke. form. It's an I art love form. It. I love it's it. It's a good art. So you guys she follow her on her Instagram, Susie Quattro Real. Follow her. Check out SusieQuattro.com. Get her new book. Listen to her music. We want to thank you for coming on the show. You've thank been a you. fabulous guest. We Very wish nice. you. I enjoyed you so much. You got to come you guys. back. We'll do it again. Yeah. You yes. Bet, you bet. Thanks. Oh, and, and, I, and I just I mean, so you, just what? so you know, I just so you know, I produce movie. I produce movies. So like, if you want to really turn that into a movie, like uh, we'll talk about that another well, time. You know what? Get in touch with me. I'll send you a copy. It could be a movie. The hurricane is a movie. The hurricane is a movie. I said it as soon as I wrote it. There you go. All right, Susie Quacho. Thank you. Stay well. You're Yay. beautiful. Seventy-one. My God. Isn't that awesome? She looks wonderful. Hey, everybody. That was Susie Quattro. I hope you guys enjoyed her. She's fabulous. What a nice um, Lots of people joined us during the uh, thing. So B. Claudia joined us and artist Miss Kim joined us and Teresa Saban. I don't know. Everybody's like joined in and the chat room is very, very busy. Um, and I think our next guest is there. So we're going to actually uh, bring him on. So let's go ahead and let him in, uh, Juan. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Can we uh, move? Are you on a laptop or a desktop? I'm on a desktop. Okay. So, uh, put a pillow under you so we can see you because right now we only see your chin. I mean, we, we lose you. <laughs> How's that? There we go. That's Yay. Better. Much better. better. Okay. Your ass off down there in Palm Desert? Um, no, because we have the air conditioning on. <laughs> What do you say? Are we, uh, we sweating our asses off. No, Jimmy has the house like a friggin' refrigerator. <laughs> so, Joe, real quick, how do I pronounce your last name? The correct pronunciation is Cortese. Okay, Ron's right. <laughs> I told him that I'm Italian. I know I speak Italian. His name oh, yeah? is Cor Cortese. Cortese. And he was, he was calling you Cortez. I said Cortez is Mexican. Cortese is Italian. He yeah, doesn't know how to, you know, I mean, if you speak Italian, you know how to say Italian names. What? Say it one more time. To be courteous. Cortese. Oh, Cortese means yeah, to be courteous. Cortese, yeah. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, actor, writer, producer, director, Joe Cortese. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you. Let me introduce first my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Who's alias? That's Russell. My real name is Rolando Rocco Cesarigo. How's that for a WAP name? Buongiorno, Rolando. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, LA. Come stai? Grazie, I have you here. I, 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 I forget my Italian now. Anyway, so you always play wise guys. So do I. Not always. Not always. I played a priest a couple of times. I played a, a general in an army, but m mostly I play wise guys. Yeah, no, I, I play a lot of them, but I play a different variety. I mean, I play a gay producer. I play a doctor. I played, uh, I played a doctor, too, in a movie. Hang on one second. I'm trying to get rid of it because there's a weird background noise. I'm trying to see if we can get rid of it. Um, uh Oh, she can't. So she can't fix it. I don't know what that background noise is. Do you hear that? Or? Yeah, I hear it. I don't know what it is. So, so Joe, what you're gonna do is just make sure you speak up so we can like hear you. And Sunny. Uh, oh, he, she says she says turn down computer volume. My volume, Roxy, or their volume, or his volume. Let's see what she says. Joe's. He says just turn the volume down a little teeny bit on your computer. 
really am trying to do that. There we go. Okay, hold on. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's a little bit better. It's a, it's and then the other thing is just you're going to have to speak up a lot to make sure we can hear you. Yeah, okay, hold on. Speaking up. <laughs> there we go. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, yeah, oh, good. much better, much better. And okay. sort of set, set to yourself with the camera. so we Oh, can... yeah, move into the middle then. Move over a little bit to your right. I can't see myself anymore. That's okay, it. you got it. Go. All right, now you're perfect. Now, now I could see you. You know all those Italian men. I can see you guys. You can't see us? Come? Oh, turn your camera on. Is your camera on? It was. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> hey, it's live. It's live and it's fun, everybody. We're working on it. In the meantime, um, he needs to go back to window. It says you need to go back to window. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either because I went to the sound. And... Oh, get out of the sound and go back to the uh, oh Chrome window. Go back to the Chrome window. Go back to Google Chrome. If I knew how to do all that, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> uh, Actually, maybe we can uh, we can bump him out and have him come back in. Otherwise, and maybe it would show up. Did you did you see us originally? Yeah, of course. And then I saw the televisions behind you where I was watching myself. But maybe I should, uh, maybe I should uh, go get off and come back on. Yeah, go off and come back on, and, and hopefully that'll work. Uh, hey, everybody! So Joe's coming back in a second. What's up, chat room? I hope everybody's having okay. a good time. Can you see me now? Yes. Can you see us? Yes, I can see you. Oh, there we go. Oh, you can see us? How's that? Oh, I know. I got Listen, do you cook? Yes, I do. Me too. What's your favorite pasta? My favorite pasta is rigatoni with broccoli lab and sausage, mm, oil and garlic, and then great pecorino cheese on it. That's Napolitano. That's right. That's what I am. My grandfather was from. Yeah, that's a, my grandmother married. My grandfather was Napolitan, and my grandmother used to make that when I was a kid. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Italian food's the best food, right? Nothing comes close. But, no, not even. <laughs> I'm serious. It's true. Then there's the rest of the world. That's right. Just oh, like, that's just like, there's no men as handsome as us Italians. Well. We're the handsomest men in the world, Italian men. We, we and we know how to cook, so we're really a catch. If any woman out there marries us, they get you know a guy with a, a good. They um, want guys who can cook with a lot of fazools. No, and most Italian fazools. Oh, oh, got it. Okay. Uh, and most of us Italians got good pepperoni too. Yeah. <laughs> so we make we make ladies happy. <laughs> But anyway, so what do you so doing? Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me go. Go, go, go. So, all right, so you guys, first of all, you can follow Joe on Instagram. He's Joe Cortese Official. It's C-O-R-T-E-S-E -E Official. Cortese, Cortese Official. Um, I actually, okay, so I was on Facebook, and I, I saw a picture of, uh, of Mike Gennaro from the Wise Guys, and Joe was in the picture with him, and that's how I found him on Facebook to invite him on the show because I looked him up. He's been in a lot of great things, and uh, he's got a great career. Um and I uh, and one of the movies that that we that you're in is called Rules Don't Apply, which we watched during COVID. 
Um, I didn't know you who you were then, so I wasn't looking for you, but I saw it on your IMDb, and that was the movie that we saw with the two young lovers or whatever with Howard Hughes, and you loved it, so it was a fabulous movie. So, so how long have you been acting? Oh, about forty plus years. That's all. That's all. <laughs> well, I'm acting sixty-four years. I'm eighty-two next week. How much? Eighty-two. Otanta cinque. Yeah, I look good. I feel good too, and I still can get it. I still can get it up. Also, at eighty-two, that's pretty good. <laughs> right, testosterone. Well, Italian. No. no, he he doesn't need it. He said he still gets it up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's because I eat good Italian food every night. But that uh, do you ever go to the? I listen. When I was in New York, I had the best time. He's here in L.A. Yeah, I just said to him when you go to oh, New York. Oh, okay, okay. Can you hear that? No. It's hard to hear. When you go to New... Well, anyway, we went to New York and we had the best time with all those uh, wise guys at a um, luncheon in a hotel. I was surrounded by thousands of Italians. Then they had the Italian flag. And I was so happy because in California, as you know, there's no such thing as Italian. If you're an Italian, you change your name. Yeah, but they're not Italian like us. Yeah, no, I mean they're Italian, Italian. Yeah, they're Americana. We're Italian, Italian. We. No, do... he's saying he's got a bunch of Italian, Italian friends in L.A. Oh yeah, well introduce me to them. I'd like to meet them because <laughs> the Italians I know here, they don't. They, you know what they say? Mozzarella, mozzarella, <laughs> mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella. Yeah. Mozzarella. And I, like... I say, and you're Italian, and you say mozzarella. And manicotti, manicotti. Oh, you eat you eat manicotti. You know, so they're not Italian. Oh my gosh, the people in the chat room are writing up all kind of stuff. They're saying that you were Frank Smith in General Hospital. They're like talking about it. Let's talk about some of the cool stuff that you've done. I read on your IMDb one of the first things that you did was a gangster film called The Death Collector with Joe Pesci in 1976. Was that about the the beginning of it all for you? That's pretty much where it started. Yeah. Yeah, I had done a couple of things. I had done a lot of theater. And it was Joe's first movie. Joe was a stand-up comic. And uh, it was a funny story I ever met. You know. But uh, the movie is, uh, you know, it's still, it's been around 45 years or something. And it's, people still refer to it because it's, you know, it, it was the real deal. Shot all in Jersey. You know, he's got a great reputation. Quentin Tarantino says it's one of his top ten movies, and he runs it every year on his theater at Beverly, on Beverly Boulevard every year. Yes, and that's actually a big deal then. And I guess that that's that was like the beginning of Joe Pesci because he became such a huge star. Which you gotta like love it. So keep talking up. You have to speak up because it'll be harder to hear you. Um, um, sometimes we can, and then when you move side to side, uh, then it then it kind of goes away. It's harder to hear. There, yeah, that's good. Stop, twir stop twirling. Stop twirling. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
Okay, so let's talk about some of the big things. We got Green Book, Applegate Vigo Mortensen, the Oscar-winning movie. Um, you played Giorgio Armani in the American Crime Story of the assassination of Gianni Versace, which I was actually like uh, in Europe when Versace died, and it was a big deal because for me, because I was a clothing designer. Um, and then you play Roger Stone in The Loudest Voice for Showtime with Russell Crowe. Uh, and, and I love I, I watch all the Roger Stone video clips with him dancing around and stuff on on uh, on YouTube and on TikTok and everything. So I like love it. So tell us a little bit about Green Book. Why do we have that snapping noise? I don't know why we have that noise. Wow. But she said she can't get rid of it. Rock, Roxy, you can't get rid of it. Uh uh. Anyway, tell us a little bit about Green Book. Well, Green Book uh, is a true story based on Nick Vallotto's father, Tony Lip. And I knew Tony Lip because the writer and producer, Nick Vallotto, is a friend of mine. I've done, I was doing a play like 30 something years ago in the Valley with Nick when my son Jack was born. So I knew, I knew the real guy. I knew his father. And, uh, it, you know, it was a great story. And when we were making it, we had a great time, but we didn't, no one expected that we were going to win the best picture. Of course, until they saw the whole picture. Right. You know, it was gangbusters. A lot of it was fun. Just, did you actually go to the Academy Awards then, just when it was there? I'm a voting member of the Academy. Okay. Oh, good for you. Did you vote for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I also bet it in Vegas at four to one. I like love it. I think that's hilarious. Um, Yoss, where are you from originally? Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, Jersey boy. Jersey boy, baby. I'm from Brooklyn. Where? Bay Ridge? No, Red Hook. Oh, nice. I, I was I was born 1940. It was you know right at what the war. So we were poor. We lived in the Red Hook projects. Then we moved uptown. We moved to Brooklyn Heights, which was all Northern Italians. And then, of course, I moved to Long Island as a as a teenager. But I'm an East Coaster. That's why I have. They hire me. They want me for my accent because I have an original Brooklyn, New York accent that's considered now antique. Because when the actors do the accents today, it's corny. You know how they do it. They all overact it and make us sound like morons. But my accent is a real, the real deal. Right. You, you, you speak California now. What happened to your accent? Well, you know, I, don't, I don't sound like I'm from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, there you do. <laughs> you, 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 you just did. And, I, and my, heart, my heart just sang. <laughs> that was fabulous. That was fabulous. Never lose your Jersey accent because, you know, people, from, people don't know this, that people from Jersey speak differently than people from New York. You know that. And it's only a river away. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got its own sound. Don't sound it's all yeah. Accent I can do a New York accent, I can do a Russian accent, I can do Syrian accent. Oh, Russian is good. Yeah, I do a lot of accents, too. I like that. You did another movie, and I bring it up because we know a lot of the people that were in it with you, called The Bronx Bull, um, and it's had Joe Montagna. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Montagna. Montagna. <laughs> uh, William Forsythe, Tom Sizemore, Paul Sorvino's been on the show. Uh, I know William Forsythe, Cloris Leachman, Ron's done stuff with. Robert Davi's been on our show. Natasha Henstridge's been on our show. Bruce Davison, Ray Wise has been on our show, and James Russo. So uh, a lot of the movies, uh, I, I see that you have a wide variety of things, but you do have quite a few that you're like a, 
that you get to play like a like a heavy. Well, I don't know if you're actually the heavy in them because I haven't seen them, but they're movies that have heavies in them. Well, early on, you know, I mean, after I did The Death Collector with uh, Pesci, I did a movie, a very big movie called Monsignore. And we shot it all in Rome. It was Chris Reeve, myself, Jason Miller, Genevieve Bougeau. And it was about the church and the mob. And Chris Reeve and I were brought his kids together. And I came, became the head of the mob in Brooklyn, or my, fa the, my father-in-law was. And Chris Reeve was stationed in the Vatican during the Second World War. And it was about the contraband between the mob and the church. So it was a pretty interesting picture. I don't, at the time, I don't think it got as received well as it is now, but people still like that picture. Oh, no, that sounds picture. cool. Uh, you never heard of it? I have heard of it. I have never seen it, though. Have you seen it? No, I might. It sounds a little familiar. I think I've seen it. Yeah. You want you want to hear a good Paul Servino story? <laughs> Paul Servino. What do you say? <laughs> He said, not especially, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, then I'm not going to say it. But it's a good story. He was on a... Are you going to sing no, it? He's gonna, no, no, he's going to say it, it, not sing it. it. Don't oh. you understand Brooklyn? Don't you, don't you understand Brooklyn? He came on our show, and I said to him, you know, Lainey Kazan is a good friend of mine. He said, you know, I dated Lainey Kazan, and she had the best tits I've ever had in my life. Really? So, well, on, on the air. So now I had lunch with Lainey afterwards, and I said, Paul Savino was on, you know what he said? She said, no, what? I said that you have the greatest tits in the world. She said, no, he didn't say that. I said, listen to the show, you'll see. <laughs> it's not funny now, but it was funny at the moment. <laughs> anyway, there you go. I like to make our show a little dirty. Our folks like it. Our viewers love it. I, I like it. Actually, though, he did another... Uh, you did another movie though with uh, Danny Aiello and Michael Pare, who Ron Ron is friends with, and John Ashton making a deal with the devil, and it was like it looked interesting because it said behind the scenes with the FBI to work secretly with the mob to eradicate corruption in the United States, uh, which I didn't see that actually. But is it a movie? Is it good? Or did you not? Don't waste your time. Not any good. Oh, you know, most actors aren't that honest to say that. Why I am? I, yeah, you are. I took a couple of dogs I were in. Tell the truth. Yeah, it, I, it's kind of, I, you know what? I don't even remember what it was about. But, you know, Danny was a very close friend of mine. I had done Ruby with him. I had done Broadway play with him. He was a very close friend. And Mike is a friend. And so I knew all of them. And uh, obviously, when you work together with friends, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I like love it. So, so, so you've done a bunch of different kinds of films, and uh, do you have like a bucket list of like, okay, uh, you know, I've already worked with X amount of all these great people. Who's somebody on your male and a female on your bucket list that you think, oh my God, I would like love to work with them, you know, but you haven't had an opportunity yet. Well, I would say one of them is uh, Julia Armand. But I'm going to have the opportunity shortly because I'm in the process of making a movie called Here's Johnny, true story about a Greek diner owner from Jersey who has dementia on his dementia. He thinks he's Johnny Carson. <laughs> we already made the short and it was it was award winning. And now, uh, you know, we're going to make the feature and uh, we've got Julia is going to be in it. And uh 
Jazz Palminteri is going to be in it. And uh, Rosanna Arquette. Oh, I love her. Sounds like a good film. Yeah. If you're around, Ron, maybe you got something in here for you. Absolutely. He said, if you're around, maybe we can put have something in there for you. Oh, yeah. I, could, I, I always play like I told you, Hood. Oh, Listen, I, since, I since, you're from, wait, since you're from Jersey, right? My very dear friend is Soho Johnny. Do you know Soho Johnny from Jersey? I can't John, say that I do. John Pasquale. John Johnny Pasquale. Johnny Pasquale. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I, I don't Yeah. Know. Actually, you might have met him with uh, Mike from the, the Wise Guys. Cause, like, yeah, because the, he hangs out with friends. that whole crowd in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, uh, he just called me the other day, Mike, from the Wise Guys. Yesterday. We have a blast with them. We have such a good I time. I love those guys. The wise guys are my buddy. They are out of their minds, but they're funny and great. You know, it's like old Brooklyn humor, kidding around, and it, it's good stuff. I'm glad that show is on the air. Okay, hold on, though. You answered Julia Ormond. What about a, a male actor that you haven't had a chance to work opposite of yet? I'd like to work with Al. I almost worked with him. He saw my first movie, and we met. We've been sort of... Uh, known him a long time now but you know out of the young guys you know uh hmm, sean penn maybe oh he's oh he's not really young but yeah he's a <laughs> but yeah he's a good he's a, he would be a good one sean penn uh, yes he's a great actor he's a, he's a fabulous actor i like uh, i like armand desante i would work with him oh i like him too Actually, we have a good friend who was in a movie with him. Her name's Lorreen Landon, and they did a big film in the '80s. I forgot what it was called, but but uh, she spoke very highly. Yeah, of she him. spoke very highly of him. Yeah. And uh, oh, what about being? Well, in I, I want to ask him questions that are really provocative. I grew up in Brooklyn. Guess who I grew up with? Oh. Gotti was a kid. I knew all the boys from Staten Island. You know, I went to school with a lot of the guys. So I know what works. You know, when I saw The Sopranos, I said a lot of it was real, but a lot of it was bullshit, and a lot of it was Hollywood. Um, the point that I want to make about my wise guy friends is a very big wise guy with a name I won't use, who people are terrified of or were, I used to see him doing ballet with his granddaughter in the living room. The wise guys in Brooklyn took good care of the neighborhood. Anybody that was in trouble went to the wise guys. They were helped out. You know, the wise guys only kill each other if they rat on each other or if they crook each other. But if you're a square guy, you're okay. Nobody's going to harm you. So people out there, when you hear the word mafia, which is a bullshit word, uh, don't get frightened. Sir. It's no different than... John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy in Washington, they were the mafia. Yeah. That's, that's I, a point I, I wanted to make. Huh? Yeah. I hate when they think that mafia people are mean and evil and rotten. Some of the sweetest guys I hang with are big names, and they're, they're great people, wonderful people, good hearts. Yeah, you said Actually, that's true. That they only kill their own. They don't kill so that's why when I play a gangster, I read the script. If I'm playing a gangster and it's going to discredit the mafia, I turn the role down. But if it's a role that I play that I feel is honest and it really did happen in Brooklyn, I play it. But if it's Hollywood bullshit, no, I'm not going to do it. No. 
how do you feel about that? If they want you to play a gangster, that's really not true to the word. No, I, I, I would do it. I said he wouldn't do it either. I played famous gangsters. I played uh, Johnny Roselli in the Rat Pack. Who was known? I, I don't know if you know who he was, but he was the, the Hollywood Don. He was Sam Giancana's guy. I played him in the Rat Pack. I also played him in Ruby. I played. Character I played in Monsignor was very closely designed after Miguel Sendona. Do you know who he was? I don't, but he does. I, I, I know name. I, 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 you know what? My father raised me with what you hear in the house, you forget in the street. So I forget lines and I forget names. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't your parents tell you that what you hear in the house never goes in the street? That's rule number one. Number one. And names, my father said, you don't know nobody's name. Remember that. You hear a name in my house, he said, you forget it. And I did. Only one guy I knew was Johnny Baldo, because he gave me a dollar every time. He, I was a kid, seven, eight years old. Every time he came to the house, he gave me a dollar bill. You know, back in the early 50s, the dollar could buy a lot of candy. So him, I remember Baldo. Actually, I want to go back and ask real quick, because people in the chat room, you said you made a, a short for here, Johnny. Is this short like someplace where people can actually see it? Yeah, um, you can't. You gotta just punch it in on YouTube. But let me let me extend this a little bit. We made a short called "Tonight and Every Night." We have now developed that into a full-length feature, which we're about to start shooting very soon. And it's a true story about the director's father, who owned a diner in Asbury Park, and he had dementia. And his dementia, he thought it was a late-night talk show show uh, show host. Johnny Carson. So it's a very unique hook about a subject matter that touches a lot of people in this country, in this world. You know, we tell it in a very unique way, and uh, I'm excited about it because I think it's one of the best scripts I've read in a very long time. For me, I did the short, and I'm producing, I'm one of the producers on the movie, and I think it's going to be a very, very interesting movie. And are you playing Yanni? I, I, are you playing Yanni? I'm playing Yanni. So the script okay. changed from tonight and every night to the... Uh, Here's Yanni. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good script because it's different. We need different scripts. We got the different. Same shit over and over again they keep making. They just change the scenery with the same dialogue. It's crap. I would love to be sure. in it. And so if you're not bullshitting me that you think there's a part for me, I'd be more than happy to do it. I, I, you know, I don't make promises. No, I know that. Nobody does. But if you think there's something that I would be good at, you know, let me, let me know. So wait, where do they find it on YouTube, though, under Here's Yanni or Tonight? Tonight and Every Night. Tonight and Every Night, you guys. It's I got to write that down. Sure. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it tonight. A couple of other actors. It's it's uh, directed by Christine Iliopoulos, who's the Greek girl. Uh, and it's a true story about her father and Valerie McCaffrey and myself are producing the feature and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it could be an important movie, but we'll see. You know? Absolutely. I think the script has got to be um, an exciting script because of the subject matter. And I think it's an interesting uh, subject. Yeah, no, I, I believe so. I believe so. It's very interesting. We spent a lot of time developing it. And, um, I, you know, I have high hopes for it. 
So tonight and every night, you guys, that's yeah. how you'll actually find it. I mean, there's, there's so, much, so much shit out there floating around. We really need good, good films. We do. Yeah, no, I think this is good. It's, it's good. Look, it's funny. It's touching. It's sad. It's real. And it's about something. It's not. Well, we're going to watch. We're going to watch it. Uh, your promo tonight. Short. Yeah, yes. No, short, the short. You should watch the short. I, uh, you know. We will. We will. We watch. You know, if we have a guest on and something of interest, we watch it at night. Yeah. So, Actually, after, and, and after then, every we'll Wednesday let, night, we usually watch whatever we had of the guests that we had. Yeah, on. Well, like, like last week we had on, I mean, it's a movie you should watch called uh, Hell Hath No Fury. Hell Hath No Fury. Really a good muse, movie. And the stars were on. Nina Bergman. Nina Bergman. And, uh, uh, wonderful. It's about a French girl, it's a true story, a French girl during the Second World War who was a patriot and how she had to be lovers with the Nazi who killed her parents. Wonderful story, brilliant acting. Uh, I, I enjoyed the film a lot. So I think your film is coming up in that area. I think your film is going to be of that quality. That movie had a wonderful script, great acting, good directing, and it was interesting and it was different than stuff that we've seen. People out there today want to be entertained. They don't want to be put to sleep. Yeah, no, this is entertaining. And I think so. It's probably a love story. You know, it's about life as you grow older. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a hit. I, I really feel it will, because I like already the idea about Johnny Carson. Nobody's ever thought that one up. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's about love. Not much yeah. No. Tonight and every night, everybody. So do you know, do you know, being short. The name of the feature is going to be called Here's Johnny. Right. The name of the feature, it's a little snappy. Yes. I think it's a great catch. So uh, being in in L.A. for a while, then do you know Jack O'Halloran? Sure. Okay. Uh, good old Jackie. Uh, he, like, he's a good friend of ours. He's so way out, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm actually doing, we're doing, I'm doing a horror feature yeah. with him. We're he, doing like a, a big horror He's like one feature. of my favorite people. I sit down alone with him and we talk and it's like, I don't know if it's real what he says, but whatever it is, it's fabulous. Right, you know, because he talks about all the old timers that I knew. Yes. Oh, yeah. I read his book like ten. I've been friends with him for about fifteen yeah. years. So. And you know, I I knew all the old timers that he's talking about because I'm eighty two years old. So I'm one of the prehistoric ones left. And it's such a, a joke. It's really nice to know that there are people left on this planet who have respect, because there's so little respect in the world today. The world, um, the last two or three years, has changed yeah, dramatically. a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, dramatically, and it's terrible. I, I would say in the last year, mostly. But, <laughs> um, but Halloran, uh, he's great. He's just fabulous. I mean, he's a what we call a rock on tour, and he's he's one of my favorite people. You know. No, he's fabulous. He's I figured really you would. I figured you would know him not just not just because of who his family was, but because you're both. You know, actors, and you both live in LA, and right. and you're of a of an age that's not twenty. Um, and who so doesn't I know who, like that. Who doesn't know who his stepfather was? His stepfather was a big guy, Albert yeah. Anastasia. Very big guy. Yes, big, yeah. big guy. Albert Anastasia. I like love it. So wait, if you could have been in any movie, then if you could have been in any movie that's ever been made in the world, what movie would you have liked to have been in? The Godfather. The Godfather. 
I know it. I know it. <laughs> you in this room? <laughs> Me too. I, you know what? Have you been watching the TV show called The Offer? I haven't, but somebody just told me yesterday that we yes, need to watch we're it. We're going to watch it's it. Really, it's really entertaining. It's really good. I didn't expect to like it at first, but I have to tell you, they hooked me in. I, I, you know, I've watched the first five episodes, and I find it very entertaining because I, I was too young to be in The Godfather. Right. But I remember, you know, I was a young actor, but I was way too young to be in the picture. So... Uh, I knew all the stories about Jimmy Khan and Al Pacino. I got the job. And, right. And That's what it's about. The offer's yeah, about the making see, of it. I, I was not too young. I was not too young to be in The Godfather. I just wasn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, I was doing shit in those days, like Charlie's Angels and McMillan and Wife, things like that. Those hokey, you know, TV shows. Uh, and I never really got an opportunity to be in a major, major movie. Right. You never know. It's never. It's not too late. Listen, uh, it's, it's never too late. Maybe sempre ciao, sempre ciao, domani. Yeah, right. Maybe you'll be in this picture. Who knows? You, you know, never you know. never know. You never know. I like love it. So he would want to be in The Godfather, though. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, any any listen. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for him. I speak for myself. Every movie that I'm in that I play a wise guy or a, a nut job, they were not great movies. But The Godfather would have given he and I a script that we really could show our acting potential to its, its maximum, right? I mean, it was a wonderful vehicle. Totally. And it, we would have played it real, you know, because we were there. Well, it was not really about gangsters. It was more about the family. Yeah, well, we were there. I know the family. Come on, I sat down with plenty of them. Are you serious? You know, in my in my day as a young boy, I sat down. My father was a union delegate for the Painters Decorator Union. He knew what happened to Hofstra, and <laughs> not too many people knew. But I grew up with you know union people and my Brooklyn father's friends and my friends that I knew from Brooklyn who became very famous entrepreneurs. <laughs> Some went to college for a lot of years to get further educated. <laughs> what kind of college are we talking about? <laughs> you know the college I'm talking about. <laughs> Sing Sing. <laughs> but it was a wonderful time growing up and they're wonderful. I, I love my friends. I love my, my Italian Brooklyn. And I miss them. I told Jimmy I'd love to move back to New York and we could always come to California for work. At least in New York, I have a social life. I go to fabulous weddings. I mean, there's nothing better than an Italian Brooklyn wedding. They spend three, four hundred thousand on a wedding. They don't give a shit. You got everything going on in that wedding. You got food. You got entertainment. They're wonderful times I had. Wonderful. I love my memories. Everybody wants me to write a book, and I say I can't write a book because I can't use names. A lot of them are the children of my friends, you know, and I wouldn't do that because I'm friends with the children of the big guys. <laughs> so I can't write a book and use names, and if I don't want to lie, and what am I going to do? Cut out like 50% of my life and say I, I grew up in a, in a, in a watermelon patch? <laughs> Yeah, right. So hold on, we want to go you, back. You understand? You're from Jersey. You know, you're playing. You're playing stupid now, but you know, you're from Jersey. I know. I know who you know. 
<laughs> so anyway, hold on. Let's go back, you guys. Because so first of all, you guys follow Joe. Uh, um, uh, follow Joe on Instagram. He's Joe Cortese official. C O R T E S E. What? Cortese. Actually, actually, the word is cortesia. It's courtesy. Right. Do me una courtesia. Do me a courtesy. Okay. You know, it's important to pronounce an Italian name correctly. Um, follow don't him don't anyway Mon- on Monacari. Instagram. Um, do you have like a website or a fan, fan pages or are you on Twitter? What else you got? No, I'm just uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. But I'm not big into that social media too much. Right. You know, That's like okay. I dabble in Instagram. And, uh, so that's about it. So, so you guys can check out tonight and every night. It's on YouTube. It's the short that's being turned into the feature called "Here's Yanni," mm-hmm. and starring uh, Joe. Uh, and uh, I think it sounds very exciting. Check out some of his other work. How how, how did you like being in the American Crime Story series? Uh, I, I think I don't know how long how long George Armani was actually. I mean, uh, George Armani was actually in it, but it was a great show. Yeah, they hired me to play George Armani. I was really excited about it. Um, I did about three episodes. And then, right before I was ready to come out, I, I don't know why it's still on the IMDb, but they had to cut the entire role because in it, I talk about the death of my lover. Because Armani uh-huh. was, was not bisexual. Right. He was gay. Yeah. Totally. And... Um, I think he got wind of it, and they got really scared because they were being sued by Olivia de Havilland for the one they did before that with Susan Sarandon. Yeah, that was a good one. But they cut you out because of that? Yeah. That's bullshit. Everybody in the world knows Armani was gay. Everybody knows Armani was gay. They were, Valentino was Hang gay. On, he, has a whole, he had a whole monologue though with it. But everybody knew George. Everybody, they, they, listen, they were all faggots. Every every designer is a fruit. Come on. Everyone. Halston, Armani, Valentino, Balenciaga, they were all big girls. Are you kidding? I understand that. But in, in the piece, How stupid. In, in the piece, I had a page and a half monologue where I talked wow. about Hang on. the loss of my lover. Uh huh. Yeah, and it was some of my favorite stuff I've ever ever done, ever. And they cut it. They cut the whole thing. Oh, what a uh, shame! That sucks. That I sucks. was gonna go back and watch it. And that's Ryan Murphy. Yeah, which he's another one. What uh, made them? What made them think it wasn't proper or whatever the word would be? George Armani didn't like it. I don't think they had the rights from Armani. What he didn't like the fact that he was outed. He wasn't outed. Our money was out a hundred years ago. Yeah, but he's outed as a bisexual. He's not outed. He's not as a bi. He's a flaming fruit. I know, but it's not public like that. Everybody knows it, but he's never actually. He's only said he's bisexual. He hasn't said he's gay. Oh, he's so well. That's because he's Italian. You know what? When I was in Italy, as a boy, I my my parent, my father found out I was gay, so he sent me to my grandmother in Genoa to straighten me out because there are no fags in Genoa or in Italy. My father said because Italians don't allow gay. Well, when I went there at 16, I used to walk in the Karuji, the streets, I had 12 guys following me, all right? <laughs> They're not gay. One thing I found out about Italian men is they could be married, they could have sex with you, and they say, they're not gay, you're gay. Well, so the one they're having, the, the gay- Italian to do that. 
Yeah, that's the Italian mentality. Oh, I'm not gay. I'm having sex with you. You're gay. So that's Armani's thing. You know, they all want to be bisexual. No, Armani was a flaming fruit. Anyway, they cut the entire... So I'm not going to watch it now. I was going to go either. back and re-watch it again because I really enjoyed no. it to see you. But now if you're I not in it... We're yeah, gonna, then we're I'm gonna not going to boycott it. Fuck them. I'm going to go watch you play Roger Stone then. <laughs> that was funny. You know, I actually had dinner with Roger Stone about a year after I did it. Actually, it was last Thanksgiving in Florida. And uh, he got a hold of me through a friend. And I got to tell you, I, found, I mean, I had a blast. Oh, yeah. I like love him. I think he's awesome. Did you know that his mother is pure Sicilian? No, I didn't know that. I, I don't know that much about him except for what I read in the news. But I follow all because he has this dancing video from when he got let get, got out and got got let go, uh, where he became not have to worry about it anymore. And it's the greatest video ever. And I've watched it like a thousand times because it's hilarious. What do you mean got out? Uh, we'll tell about it later. <laughs> you know, you know that Roger he doesn't know who Roger Stone is. Well, obviously, he changed his name. No. It, well, if he, his mother was Sicilian. I mean, his father had to be what? Stone? Yes. Oh, that, uh, yes. Obviously. I like love it. That's like my friend Rodney Stone. Rodney, you know. like one minute. So. Rodney Stone's real name is in Stone. His father was a big shot, so he changed it to Stone. My so, friend, Rodney. So hang on, everybody. We only got a minute. Let's just go back. Um, so check out all these things. Everybody go. Let's watch tonight and every night on YouTube so the video gets a bunch of plays. Um, we'll let you know when here's Yanni's coming out. Check out all the different things that uh, that Joe does and follow him on Instagram. Um, we want to thank you for coming on the show because we're out of time. And uh, Okay. Giuseppe, at una grande piacere. We'll see you again. I'm sure. And I'll talk to you later. All right, Joe. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I think uh, uh, it was a great show, you guys. Thanks for the chat room. There's so many people in there. Please uh, uh, glad. hope you guys enjoyed it all. We want to thank uh, Juan and Roxy, our engineers, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Can try not to so wrong. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Oh.